the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders Podcast. I'm Danny Smith alongside Ben South, and we're always glad for you to join with us each week as we talk life and ministry. Ben, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing well, Danny. We are recovering from the 4th of July holiday and busy week, couple days of vacation with my kids. And so we've finally got everybody back at home. We we actually divided our family on vacation this year and we took our older kids one week after the convention and then we took our younger kids while the older kids were at camp on their own vacation. It was good. So it's been a little bit more time with a couple of the kids themselves and uh, but we're back and doing well and plunging into the rest of the summer now. Yeah, it's exciting. It's hard to believe summer is kind of on the downhill slope. I mean, I always kind of consider 4th of July sort of barreling back towards school and, you know, kind of fall and stuff like that, except weather-wise, you know, just crazy hot still. So It is, but the days are getting shorter. Which it, is... it technically is. You know, the Christmas fanatics out there are already starting to post. You know, they're starting to let people know that the days are shorter and, how many days till Christmas? I'm really just worried about how many days till college football. Christmas is, uh, <laughs> it's way, it's way down the list for me. I'm not too worried about it right now, but, uh, Hey, I'm excited today though. We have a great guest with us. We always have great guests. I shouldn't say that today's greater than any other. And it's usually but, better uh, when we have guests because when there's somebody interesting. It is. To. <laughs> it is. Yeah. They are definitely glad we have somebody besides ourselves That's right. uh, to talk about today. But, uh, you know, today we have, uh, Matt Hensley. Uh, Matt Pastors uh, out in New Mexico, and I'm going to let him share about his church and ministry there here in just a moment. Matt was uh, also just recently elected as the uh, Southern Baptist Convention Pastors Conference president for uh, 2022 out in Anaheim. So I'm sure he's uh, hitting the ground running on all of that. We're talking about time passing quickly. Uh, Imagine planning a conference like that. I'm sure time is going to uh, uh, start multiplying. But, oh, yeah, he's still a pastor and he still has a family. And so lots going on there. So we're excited to talk with Matt today. Matt, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hey, I am doing well. And I do want to thank you for allowing me to be on and and get to share about what God's doing here. And uh, but yes, I am at Mayhill Baptist Church in Mayhill, New Mexico, a uh, small church in the southern uh, New Mexico mountains. It's actually called the Lincoln National Forest or the Sacramento Mountains. It has a thousand different names, uh, but we just call it home. It's been a blast. We've been here about four and a half years with my uh, wife of, I think, 16 years. We just celebrated 16 years. I, I had to do the math in my head real quick. Yeah, you and don't want to think have, that one. You might want to You don't want to think so. that one at all. And, uh, <laughs> and then we also have our four, yeah, our four girls that uh, are 10, 11, 13, and 14. So everybody can pray for us because we are in the throes of the preteen and the teen years. And I can just look at them the wrong way and ruin their day, it seems like. So that's where we are and uh, having a blast up here. And like you said, with the pastor's conference, uh, part of that, it seems like, uh, hey, congratulations, now go raise half a million dollars. And uh, because yeah, you, know, you might yeah. think you just you just pick 10 to 12 preachers and a theme and, and some music and you're done. Uh, but really it just magically the appears part, on stage all yeah. set and ready to go. That's right. Yeah, that's what it always seems like. But uh, no, you also do the fundraising and, and all of that. And uh, what just a real neat, uh, real quick God thing through all of that is we left Nashville with about a fourth of it 
uh, the fundraising already committed. And uh, so we're we're a month in and about somewhere between a fourth and a third of the fundraising uh, really done. And uh, so grateful for that. Money doesn't grow on trees, uh, but uh, we, we've seen God already move through uh, through that. So we're grateful. So, yeah, doing well. Well, that's exciting, man. I tell you what it is. Uh, I, I know for me and we'll talk uh, maybe throughout this a little bit about uh, some of that fundraising. I heard somebody say one time whoever put the word fun and fundraising did not know what they were doing. But, uh, yeah, we definitely are excited about uh, that um, that work that God has called you to there uh, next year on behalf of pastors. And, and really, you know, being sometimes we think about pastors conferences, we think about uh, you know, events like that, maybe we think solely in terms of, uh, well, maybe not solely, but we think a lot of times in terms of the senior pastor. So, you know, Matt, maybe we'll just jump right in real quickly here um, and we can explore a couple of different things today, but uh, maybe uh, talk a little bit about your ministry experience. You're a senior pastor now there uh, at Mayhill. And uh, yeah, I do have a quick question. You mentioned the Lincoln, uh, the, the mountains there. Now, is that near Lincoln County? Are you in Lincoln County or we we're near it, but we are not in it. We're in Otero County. Otero County. Okay, I know it's kind of random, but the Lincoln yeah. County War back you know 100 and so years ago, and that has nothing to do with the podcast. Maybe we should just talk <laughs> off air about well, that. Well, so. well, our church is on a battlefield of an old like Apache uh, pioneer American War type thing. Uh, we've got like a little historical marker about a quarter mile from the church. Uh, that nice. Our entire area. Uh, was some kind of, I think, Apache and some old settlers got in a little bit of a skirmish. And uh, so a lot of people will find some arrowheads, all of that good stuff around here. Uh, so so there there is a little bit of history there's, there too. There's some history there. Well, that's yeah. exciting. Well, I tell you what, well, you know, when you think about a conference for pastors, you know, let's think about the, those chair two guys sometimes are maybe looking at their budget thinking, boy, I want to go and uh, find a conference to go to. Maybe they hear the word pastor's conference and they think that's my for my senior pastor. So maybe talk just briefly on the outset here about maybe how that pastor's conference can be a, a ministry to uh, those chair two leaders as well. It's not because they're fake pastors. I'm just kidding. Hey. Uh, no. And there no. you have it, folks. <laughs> there you have it. Just exclusive. No. Thanks so for joining my, us this week. <laughs> that's right. We'll just cut it right there. Yeah. No. Uh, so my my entire life until uh, going into the pastorate was in the the second, third, fourth, fifth chair. Uh, that's right. And uh, and I'm grateful for that time. And uh, they uh, they do a lot of phenomenal work, whether it's as the worship leaders, music ministers, you know, the youth pastors, all of that kind of stuff. My joke was that I only became a senior pastor, not because God was calling me, but because I was done with lock-ins. And so uh, that's, that's sort of my Amen, call brother. to the Amen. pastorate, you know, but so, so I have obviously a heart for uh, those guys and, and gals that are in some of those roles as song leaders and so forth. And so for, for us, uh, it doesn't get any better and more encouraging uh, than simply going through the Word of God. And uh, nothing is out yet in terms of the theme, but we've already picked a book of the Bible a theme that we're going to go through verse by verse uh, through everyday pastors. And a lot of these guys, uh, yes, now they might be a pastor of a, a large church, small church, everything in between, but some of them are in their very first pastorate coming right out of youth ministry or song ministry and different things like that. And so uh, really what we have in mind is that everybody in a seat, uh, whether they are a, 
a lady, a guy, a youth pastor, senior pastor, retired pastor, whatever it may be, if if there's a pulse that they can look on that stage and see somebody that's going to represent them and preach them the the good news of the gospel verse by verse through a book. And so whether you're the wife of a pastor or the student pastor or just a volunteer in the kids ministry, uh, you, you can be encouraged by what's going to be on the stage. Uh, as of today, uh, the, the speakers would range from uh, people that are preaching to 12,000 people all the way down to 50. Uh, we're going to have a retiring pastor to really a brand new pastor, as I shared a moment ago. Uh, church plants, church replants, uh, you know, multicultural church, multi-gen church, like everything that really makes up the SBC is going to be on that platform. And so whether you're a student pastor, music minister, senior pastor, volunteer, whatever it may be, uh, you will be encouraged by the faithful exposition that's going to be on the stage. Well, and that's true because the exposition of Scripture, it doesn't matter the role you serve in. It's going to be beneficial to your ministry and applicable there. I think the trouble gets in times when when, when conferences or whatever start talking, okay, in your role as senior pastor, well, then everybody yeah. else is out, you know, well, that doesn't apply to me. I don't have a... Yeah what can I learn from this? Because I can't do that. Um, and I think sometimes even when speakers get in there, it's like, you need to share this vision or do this and lead your church this way. It's like, well, I can't because that's not my role, <laughs> you know, yeah. and yeah. my senior pastor's not here or he doesn't agree with you. So I can't go and do that. But if you're, well, if you're just looking at scripture, well, you can, anybody can benefit from that. Yeah, I, I'm reminded of when I first came to Mayhill Baptist, uh, they had had topical preaching like you know, many other uh, churches for, for years upon years upon years. And uh, their biggest concern was, well, how are you going to cover all the topics? <laughs> I was like, well, we're going to go through scripture and God's word happens to cover all of those topics. We just might not, I'm, I'm not going to be accused of just preaching at somebody on Sunday when I decide, hey, we're going to talk about divorce. When we get there in scripture, we'll get there. And it's really kind of the same thing with pastor's conference is it would be easy for me to pick some kind of a topic or some big theme or whatever. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, if we go through the word of God and in the passage or the, the book that we're going to go to is so practical for anybody, uh, just the regular follower of Christ, how to relate to your family and so forth is there as well. And so everything we could really come to, whether a staff member, a wife, a husband, whatever it may, whatever hat you're wearing uh, is going to have an applicable topic within the book that we're covering verse by verse. And so I'm grateful for that. You know, sometimes it's, uh, we, we talk a lot about on this podcast, sometimes in the second, third, fourth, fifth chair, whatever it may be that, uh, you know, people sometimes in the church can view that role less pastoral. And, and I know we joked on the front end, you know, oh, it's a fake pastor role, but there are some people who are like, <laughs> hey, I need to talk to the real pastor. You know, yeah. where's the real pastor at? You know, and so I, I love the, uh, the idea that uh, we're ministering um, to those folks serving in those roles. And and uh, up until Mayhill or no, you pastored before Mayhill as well, but you spent a lot of time in that second chair, second, third chair role. What were some things um, just now looking back, not only just, I mean, the pastor's conference, but just in your day to day ministry life as a pastor, what were some of those uh, things that that maybe you learned uh, from the pastors that you worked with or just being on staff? that you've seen, hey, I'm glad this happened, or maybe I wish this had happened to better prepare me here. Yeah, 
I, and I could really go all the way back to when I was saved. Um, right, right after I got saved, I was redheaded, uh, as y'all y'all can see. But those that are listening, you may not know. Uh, I was very much well, like the, the stereotypical I was the stereotypical redhead that was busy, ADD, just you know, always in trouble. And right when I got saved. Our associate pastor at the church uh, took me under his wing and we started going to nursing homes, hospital visits, really just keeping me busy and out of my mom's hair, I think. I don't know if he was trying to train me for <laughs> ministry or just like my mom was bribing him with whatever it would take to get him to get me out of the house. Uh, but that gave me a taste of pastoral ministry being more than preaching. Uh, early on, you know, a lot of even, you know, students that we may have as a student pastor just view the the pastor as just a guy that gets up and gives this speech on Sunday. Like, what is this? Uh, but knowing that pastoring is, is far more than just who is standing in that uh, pulpit on Sunday morning giving a lecture. And, and obviously we know as pastors, it's more than a lecture anyway, but it's even more than that. And, uh, and so I learned early on, really at seven years old, all the way to, to when I was 14 and surrendered to ministry, uh, that pastoring in general uh, is more than a title. It's, it's really this idea that Monday through Sunday, we're looking for opportunities to serve and, uh, and be a blessing to others, meet needs and so forth. And so, uh, you know, would do that. Then became a youth pastor, a worship pastor, kind of bounced before between the two. And uh, I don't know if that was because I got tired of music for a little while, then I'd be a youth pastor or I got tired of kids. And so I'd go be a music pastor. I don't know how it really worked out, just what God was doing. Uh, but one of the things that I learned even through that is youth ministry, for example, wasn't just the lock-ins as much as I hated those. That was basically purgatory for me. But lock-ins or youth camps or even the Wednesday night service, uh, youth ministry and being a pastor to youth as well is going to lunch with them, going to the football games with them, when they break up with their boyfriend for the 50th time, you know, ministering in those times, like really throughout the, the week and so forth of looking for those opportunities to shepherd them and help them uh, lead out a Christian life, whether they're 12 or whether they're 52. And, uh, and I really think some of that uh, helped me then as a pastor because the problems are all the same, uh, just maybe have a few more risks associated with it. You know, the, the youth has a breakup for the 50th time, uh, that becomes very serious when there's marriage involved or kids involved mm -hmm. and so forth. But really it's preparing you for those things. Uh, but you talked about leadership and, and serving under pastors. The, uh, the short answer, you know, cause we could have like the rise and fall of Mars Hill part two of, uh, <laughs> you know, with, with my journey, because a lot of opportunities that I had were what maybe I didn't want to be as a pastor um, because I had kind of the more dictator role. I had the one that was just never there. Uh, I had the one that, you know, was kind of micromanaging everything we did to the one that's always wondering where you were. I was in roles where, you know, you had to be in your desk for 40 hours a week. And if you went to the school or you went to the ball game or you went to even a hospital visit, that was time away from the time you were supposed to be in the office and you had to make it up. And so I had all of these opportunities to learn maybe what I didn't want to do, you know, pastors that had committed adultery, pastors that were stealing from the church. Like I had all of these kind of very difficult uh, seasons where it really taught me, one, to shepherd my own family well in my relationship with my wife, 
too, to make sure I'm not the dictator. And I'm also not that guy that's just never around and doesn't give any direction whatsoever. And so finding that kind of happy medium as a good, effective leader uh, from learning it maybe the wrong way <laughs> and how it felt felt on either extreme uh, has been a blessing for me as a pastor, I believe. Yeah, I think I heard we may have talked about this before, Danny, but one of the things in leadership you can do is there are a lot of mistakes out there. And if you can see a mistake someone else has learned and done, um, you can learn from their mistakes and not do those things, too. Um, there's no point in you making those mistakes when you see that doesn't work out um, and make sure you, you learn in those situations. Yeah, you know, my dad being a pastor, um, he and I, he, he's passed away now, but uh, you, for years there, we would talk about stuff, and I would mention something going on in our church, and, and he would bring up and say, well, you know, you probably remember this, but this happened when you were about 10 or 12 or 13 at the church I was pastoring at the time, and, you know, I could kind of connect some dots, and so, yeah, you, you definitely learn things that, hey, here's what I would do. There's a very positive aspect to it, um, but there is that that part where you go, yeah, I don't think I want to be that way. And I want to remember myself. And, you know, you talked about being in the throes of raising preteens and teens. And, you know, sometimes uh, as as my kids are in the same age bracket, I sometimes think I should write myself a letter so that uh, when I get uh, on the other side of these teenage years, I remind myself, don't be like that guy or don't do this. You know, <laughs> make sure you stay uh aware of, uh, you know, both the positive and the negative parts of that. So, uh, well, talk about where you're at at Mayhill right now. Um, you know, talk about your church dynamic there. What kind of second chair leadership do you have there? Is it is it more of a lay leadership? Do you have staff leadership in that role? Because I know where I'm at, we have uh, a part-time associate pastor. And uh, so he works full-time. And so uh, he does a great job doing ministry on top of that. But a lot of our second chair leaders uh, are lay leaders and uh, boy, they serve well. So what's it like there at Mayhill with the, in terms of second chair leadership? Yeah, so it's almost exclusively uh, lay led um, or, or lay delegated uh, because we, we really have made a uh, decision early on that we wanted to, to do what we could to advance the kingdom uh, globally. And so we try to give very generously to our local association through the cooperative program. And so that's been a very critical thing for, for us early on and just something that we've been passionate about. Because of it, we're kind of, we've grown to that part where it's difficult for me as a solo pastor, if you will, uh, to effectively shepherd, you know, we're running about, you know, 150 or so right now, uh, to really know everybody, to know their needs and be involved in their life and that sort of thing. And so we're, we're kind of on that cusp between, can we afford a new associate pastor? Is he going to be part-time, you know, that kind of deal, or uh, what we have kind of thrown ourselves into is really training up our deacons uh, to, to effectively handle some of the, the kind of ongoing uh, roles of, you know, meeting needs. Is there somebody that needs wood? You know, we're in the mountains. It gets pretty cold. Is there somebody that needs some woods chop, wood chop uh, that will go out and do that or building, uh, you know, ramps for some of our senior adult folks. And then that allows me to handle like the, the major life events, whether, you know, somebody's gone to the hospital and, and really critical or, you know, is getting married or the counseling, all of that kind of stuff that comes up. And then for our, you know, our kids, when we came, we had like two and uh, so our girls really 
immediately tripled uh, our our youth group uh, from from day one or, or our kids group. And so uh, that has grown and our youth have grown because of that. And so with that, we've raised up some some leaders that can help in those roles, a retired teacher uh, that is running our kids ministry and her husband that helps with our youth ministry. Uh, and each of them are kind of bringing up some people behind them that they can maybe pass on uh, that leadership uh, as they maybe step away or when they're out of town, that kind of deal. And uh, same thing with our music. You know, I have a long history of music ministry. And so we've got a uh, song leader that that I've been working with and, and is now kind of capable of picking the songs in line with the sermons that we're preaching and so forth. And so we really have everything that I have had when I've been a second chair, of course, at a church that had a full staff. The same things are getting done uh, and done well, uh, but through lay leadership. The only problem, of course, is that you can't fire them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. <laughs> my, my pastors might have liked that uh, before because they could let people go or whatever if they needed to. Uh, that's the one difference is that uh, you you not not in the sense that you get what you pay for, but you know this is somebody that's just a member of the church that is wanting to serve God in this particular area. Uh, but I think we can learn a lot from that too. And uh, really when we're hiring a staff member that they, they really are still going to be a member of that church and, uh, and a part of that body first and foremost, before we just give them some kind of a, a famous you know title or whatever. The great mm -hmm. thing about volunteers though, is you can easily come in when they do a great job and double their salary. Yeah, so that's true. Anytime. So do you think in your role now as a pastor, how much your experience as a music minister, student minister, and all those other things played into you being able to train volunteers now in a, in a setting where you are, where you don't have the ability to hire all those personnel. Um, how did that affect your ability now to lead and train volunteers for those roles? Yeah, it, it certainly did. Um, and it's hard to pinpoint the, the ways that it did, I guess. It was just something that was kind of there as I came. And so a problem would come up or, or an idea would come up and, you know, my, my past there would, would just kind of be there and, uh, and be mindful of it. Uh, it also meant that I shouldn't have ever said any of that because now I'm stuck playing the piano and, you know, leading when people are out, that kind of deal. Uh, I should have just kept that to myself. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, when, when you, you know, have the, uh, you know, some of that experience, and I never looked at youth ministry or music ministry as, as kind of the stepping stone into the pastorate, but it certainly does help um, because somebody can come on uh, as, you know, the youth pastor, or youth director, and, you know, before, like we talked about earlier, uh, before they make some of those same mistakes that maybe you did, uh, not by, you know, micromanaging or dictating or whatever, but you can help guide them before they make some of those same mistakes that you did. And, uh, and so that's been important to me. And so it's hard to like pinpoint, oh, I remember this one particular thing and that's helped me here. Uh, it's just kind of been it, just a good foundation to lead from, I guess, would be the best way to describe it where well, something comes up and it's just there. And it kind of gives you that foundation understanding, okay, here's what they really need to be able yeah. to do this position oh, yeah. well. Because if you've never served in the music area, you don't know what all goes into planning a worship service. You know, it's not just selecting four songs and singing it on Sunday. Ho hopefully it's not just that. Um, I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people say, well, why do we need a full-time music pe yeah. person? They just pick four songs and we <laughs> sing them on Sunday. That's all there is to it. Well, yeah. 
if that's all there is to it, no, you don't need somebody on staff to do that. But hopefully there's more to it than that. And they're serving as pastors in the church. Now, you've served in both where you are now is a more rural uh, environment, but you've served in more urban areas as well. How does that play into your role as a leader? It means I drive forever and ever and ever <laughs> to get anywhere. And in Dallas, it would take the same amount of time, but you were only going like five miles uh, <laughs> because of traffic. <laughs> no, uh, you know, the the past, you know, of, of uh, rural and urban ministry, uh, one of the things that I've noticed is they all have the same needs, you know, the same struggles in marriage, the same struggles with raising kids, all of the stuff are always going to be uh, the same, if you will, you know, the same pressure points, I guess would be the best way to describe it. I have noticed maybe one difference is that I have to remind myself is in the urban settings, things moved a lot quicker. Uh, you know, people moved a lot quicker. A lot of times here, you've got people that they have been here for generation after generation. They're not ever going to leave. This is their church, no matter what, you know, this is, they've been buried here. They're going to, or they've been born here. They're going to be buried here, you know, everything in between. And, and so change when, you know, maybe when I was in more of an urban setting, it seemed to be in, and this might not be true everywhere, but in the churches that I served in a more urban setting, uh, we made a decision and, and we changed it. You know, it kind of was almost automatic. You told the the church or you led them to that point, but it seemed to be very quick, you know, could change stuff. Uh, here uh, and in the, you know, more rural settings that I've served, uh, change took a while. And uh, I think COVID helped us <laughs> because COVID came and changed everything. Uh, but uh, leading up to that, things that we wanted to do, we had to have what, you know, uh, Mark Clifton and the people at the replanting uh, folks talked about tactical patience of knowing when to kind of push and when mm -hmm. to pull back a little bit. And, uh, and I just don't remember that. Uh, and like I said, it could be, uh, you know, that way, but I don't remember it when I was in the more urban settings of not being able to kind of lead and be, you know, progressive, not in theology and so forth, but progressive in some of the changes that you were making forward thinking uh, because the culture was changing or, or the dynamics were changing so much. And uh, and so I never noticed that they're here. I've just noticed that you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them <laughs> and uh, and, you know, push when you can pull back, be ready. Uh, but uh, that's something I've noticed from, no, from those. No when to play Kenny Rogers. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, and I think hey, that's listen, true. It does my heart well that Kenny Rogers has been mentioned on this uh, podcast. <laughs> being, you probably have something significant to say. I'll let you finish. No, that I thought, think so. that's true, though. But you've got to be no matter the chair you sit in, one, two, or anywhere down the stream. You've got to realize the culture of your church, the speed at which they can change and move and adjust, probably mirrors the community culture. Yeah. Um, if the people are accustomed to changing everything and changing jobs regularly where it's in a more urban environment where their streets are changing every other week and you know they've got to pay attention to those things they're able to shift in the church culture even little changes a lot quicker than those who are more in a rural environment who things don't change for generations sometimes yeah. and so you've got to be aware of that and you've got to match the speed of the change you try to make in ministry to the speed of that culture and the church culture is probably going to match the community culture and that's where that lay leadership that we talked about comes into play, because if you can develop that lay leadership, even if you've got a multi-staff church or it's just you and 
you know, whatever uh, group that you can get to follow, that's where your lay leadership comes into play because they have their ear to the ground to the community. They have their ear to the ground to the church. And so, you know, as a second chair, third chair, wherever you're at, as you develop those lay leadership um, within your church, you're going to get a sense of history. You're going to get a sense of um, whatever that pace that the church is used to. And, uh, and again, I mean, those are things that you don't know till you know. And, uh, and I you don't know listen, until I, you mess up. <laughs> that's exactly right. And, uh, yeah, once you mess up, happen, they let hey, you know really quickly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And if you're gracious enough to apologize right out of the gate, not make excuses, they'll actually uh, laugh with you and say, next time, let's do it like this. And, uh, you know, it's tough, but that late leadership is so key, uh, to just the functioning of mission, of vision. I mean, you talked about preaching earlier, the expositional preaching and, you know, uh, in your discipleship of those lay leaders as you're taking them through scripture. Now, all of a sudden, that's matching what they're hearing from the pulpit. Now it's matching how they see you lead uh, in any type of programming and things like that. So, yeah, I I think those connections all, like you're saying, uh, run together and are a part of it. And so, uh, you know, Matt, I know we're, we're kind of running out of time here. I know you, you got a lot going on. It is, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So, um, just maybe one couple of quick thoughts to, to maybe end with, uh, uh, tell us, you know, the, the, the main points of the vision that, uh, that you guys have for that pastor's conference. I know if you, uh, if you do follow Matt on Twitter, uh, at least that's where I saw it. Um, you know, you were kind of posting out some of those big picture, uh, ideas about the pastors' conference, and I'd love for you maybe just to share those real quickly with us again here, just so folks can can get an idea of uh, uh, again your heart behind that. Yeah, for for sure. And and like I shared, and and I know we were talking about before, uh, our our biggest goal is that it would reflect and help everyday pastors. You know, the whether they're big name, you know, mega church superstars that everybody knows, or the guy that is in Conway, Arkansas, that maybe no one knows unless they listen to this pod, uh, and certainly somebody here in New Mexico. Uh, and so everyday pastors, you know, their wives, their family, you know, their, you know, their second chair people, their third chair people, whoever is willing to be there, that somebody can look up on that stage and see that that guy gets what I'm, I'm going through and, uh, and is going to give me a word straight from God's word that's going to help me. And, uh, and so, uh, with that, of course, that goes into the expository, uh, sermons. Uh, it may be easier to to pick 10 or 12 topics that we want to talk about, you know, staff uh, problems or budgeting or whatever it may be. Uh, but I think just going through a book of the Bible verse by verse, uh, especially one as practical that we will be uh, using is going to be a great benefit for our uh, folks. And uh, with the goal, of course, of encouraging unity. And I don't have to explain to you two i know and those that are listening to know that we're not really i'm not sure what you're referring right. to yeah I don't, uh, <laughs> it, it's not really needed who cares you know we should yeah. be doing this to you know build a war together no uh really having some some unity uh specifically before the annual meeting we a healthy family disagrees you know y'all y'all have uh wives and kids and there's going to be disagreements that you have and that's a healthy thing uh, but setting the stage before we get into that room to make those decisions, to have the disagreements and so forth, to, to really bathe that time and worship and prayer and singing and studying God's word, really encouraging us around this call to make disciples uh, when then we can get in that room, disagree, but still be reminded that, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, I disagree about this. I disagree about that. This guy's who I want. This guy's not what I want, whatever. 
but yet we're still going to come together and be united around our call to propagate uh, the gospel. And I think we can do that through worship. Uh, Y'all know, I know many of your uh, your your listeners would would probably know, but a real passion of mine is that worship is not just the songs that we sing. Uh, that was something that I thought forever. Like the worship part of the service was just that front half where we picked the three or four songs and then the preacher got up. That was the sermon. But all of it is worship and really our whole life is worship. And so I want to build our uh, sets or our sessions, whatever they should be called around through worship where we're going to pray, we're going to give, we're going to study God's word, we're going to sing, all of those parts of uh, worship. Uh, finally, to do that to inspire people to endure. Um, we we all know, you know, the statistics, I guess, of pastors leaving after like one and a half years, whatever the average is right now, people leave and, and there is a time to leave. Uh, and, uh, and that may be before we even get to June and Anaheim, uh, but really to inspire pastors and youth pastors and whoever's there to just lay down roots and endure where they're at. Uh, through those those areas. That's really our goal through all of it. So everyday pastors, Amen. expository yeah. preaching, encouraging unity, engaging worship, and embracing endurance because we are Southern Baptists and we alliterate that baby. That's yeah, right. we do. Yeah, we, we got do. A There's all that you got it. a sermon. <laughs> I know. That's We're right. That's, That's right. Well, Matt, I know you're a host also of a podcast, Not Another Baptist Podcast. Uh, you can find that. What are some other ways people could connect with you online or wherever if they wanted to? I don't recommend it, uh, but you can find me on Twitter at, <laughs> at M Hensley, H-E-N-S-L-E-E. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn for whatever reason and uh, <laughs> Facebook. Uh, and uh, feel free, you know, my DMs are, are always open. And, and if I don't follow back, I try to. If I don't, just send me a note and uh, let me know, hey, I followed you. Because uh, I'm I'm only there, I promise you, most certainly not to... Uh, uh, to just voice my opinion. I rarely do that. I, I just share some quotes and usually funny things like today, the uh, coffee cup that I posted about that hasn't been washed in uh, four and a half years that I continue to drink out of, even though, yeah, that looks pretty sketchy. Uh, but so I share that kind of stuff just real life, but I'm only there uh, to encourage pastors. And so if you're having a hard day, whatever, send me a DM and I'd love to call you and, and uh, just see how I can encourage you. Uh, to press on. And uh, so at M Hensley on Twitter, uh, I'm on Facebook uh, that I guess probably under the same name, um, MySpace probably. Um, <laughs> it's even, probably even, still there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if it even still exists, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Floating around out there. Well, I tell you, Matt, I, uh, as a fellow redhead, uh, you know, I've never grown a beard, but your beard uh, encourages me <laughs> maybe to do so. But, you know, speaking of that alliteration, uh, Ben and I are so thankful for our sponsors who helped us learn how to put sermons together. Ben, why don't you tell us about our, our sponsor here? Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas is a great place. If you need a college degree but don't have the time, they've developed a program. The Pace College Degree Program has a proven in-class online or hybrid course format and multiple degrees that will fit your busy schedule. They know you can't leave full-time ministry all the time, but they've developed a flexible program that will help you. They've done it for over 20 years, and they're helping people complete their degrees while they stay in ministry or work full-time. So check Check them out at cbc.edu slash online, cbc.edu slash online. You can apply for admission. They'll set up a virtual meeting and a counselor will contact you. So check out cbc.edu online today and help 
earn your degree and reach your goals. I like it. I like it. Well, Matt, thank you so much again for joining us. We're praying for your ministry uh, every day there uh, in Mayhill, praying for your family. I know you got a lot on your plate the next uh, 10 to 12 months. Um, make sure uh, as you follow on Twitter, uh, both this podcast and uh, Matt, uh, there will be ways uh, that you can find how to support uh, the Pastors Conference next year. Uh, and so all joking aside, we uh, would love to, to see as many people give to that as possible to help make that. Matt, thanks again for being a part of it. We'll definitely love to have you back sometime. Ben, as always, thanks for uh, helping us with the podcast. And I just need to say, Ben's the real brains behind this podcast. I guess I just <laughs> log in and join. So all the tech stuff is Ben. So Ben, thanks for doing that. And uh, we'll join you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates. And make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.